back to the Michigan Business Beat, a Michigan business network. Jeffrey Mosier sitting in for Chris Holman, recording remotely. And Monday, June 8th, the SBA, Small Business Administration's Great Lakes Regional Administrator Rob Scott and local directors address the media on the Paycheck Protection Program Flexibility Act. Shared here are excerpts from U.S. Small Business Administrator, Great Lake Region Administrator Rob Scott, along with remarks as requested from Cleveland, Columbus, Indiana, or Michigan's district directors. The Paycheck Protection Program Flexibility Act was signed into law by President Trump this recent Friday, June 5th. Here are excerpts from Monday morning. Okay, good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining our media availability call this morning with SBA's Great Lakes Regional Administrator, Rob Scott. He will be giving a quick preview of the Paycheck Protection Program Flexibility Act and also some additional updates on the SBA's efforts in consultation with Treasury with regard to the economic recovery for the country. So now I'm going to hand it over to SBA's Great Lakes Regional Administrator, Rob Scott, to begin the call. Uh, good morning. Can you all hear me? We can hear you. Very good. Well, uh, everyone, uh, thank you so much for being on this call on this Monday morning and taking time, I know, out of all your guys' busy schedules. And most importantly, I want to thank you all for your efforts in keeping local businesses and the general public informed in your communities and in your respective circulation, viewership, audience. It's been a great help to the U.S. Small Business Administration as we continue to push out these programs that assist small businesses and nonprofits during this tough time. With that spirit in mind today, I'd like to update you all on several items related to our country's recovery and the PPP program. Obviously, we want to note that there, there are challenging times for our nation and the civil unrest that we have been seeing in many of our cities across this region and the country is extremely unfortunate. But here at the SBA, we have a mission that is both inclusive and to ensure that all entrepreneurs and small business owners get the help they need to start, grow, expand, and recover. That mission remains now more than ever as we look to recover from the COVID-19 pandemic, adjust to a new normal, and certainly we're going to be coming out better and help grow our economy by supporting small businesses. In addition to the pandemic, the civil unrest has created more physical and economic injury for many small businesses, organizations, and homeowners. The SBA's Office of Disaster Assistance is designed to help those with some of those districts that are already working, or we have some of our districts that are already working with states on disaster declarations for their state to assist those recovery efforts in those affected areas from the civil unrest. So that's a brief kind of staging on what we're doing when it comes to the civil unrest and the economic recovery from there. As for the PPP, the president on Friday signed the PPP Flexibility Act into law. What this does, it highly impacts the forgiveness details that were released on May 15th, and the agency currently now is working with the Treasury Department to update all of our materials that we had released on May 15th when it came to PPP loan forgiveness. We do have some updated numbers that were recently released for the Great Lake region and certainly across the nation. We still have PPP money available, and obviously with the Flexibility Act that the president signed into law, we expect those numbers to grow. But as of June 6th, the Great Lakes region has approved more than 681,000 small business and nonprofit PPP loans, totaling $86 billion. 
them at three states at a time uh, based on time zones. And on the call, we have folks from Indiana, Michigan, and Ohio. So I will certainly relay your numbers. Indiana has 74,758 approved TPP loans for a grand total of $9,368,437,645. So basically a little of almost $9.4 billion and in Indiana almost 75,000 PPP loans. In Michigan, there were 114,361 PPP loans as of June 6th for a total of $15,703,755,609. So $15.7 billion in Michigan. And in Ohio, we had 131,887 PPP loans for a total of $18,117,969,866. So basically $18.1 billion and almost 132,000 approved PPP loans. Uh, total in total across the nation, there have been more than 4.5 million PPP loans as of June 6th for a total of $511 billion pushed out. With that, we currently are sitting on $135 billion in available PPP appropriations to certainly lend out through lenders. On the PPP Flexibility Act, which was details was more released this morning from us, the SBA, in consultation with the U.S. Treasury, we have stated that we will promptly issue new rules and guidance on a modified borrower application form and a modified loan forgiveness application in accordance with the new act. Just so we're clear, some of the details that were changed in the PPP program when it comes to loan forgiveness, it extended the covered period for the loan forgiveness to 24 weeks. It was eight weeks. It is now 24 weeks after the date of the loan disbursement. What this does is it absolutely provides greater flexibility for borrowers to qualify for loan forgiveness. It also lowered the requirements that prior you had to spend 75% on payroll and then the other 25% would be used for the qualified business expenses. That has been lowered under this act to 60% of the proceeds that must be used for payroll costs. So certainly uh, providing even more flexibility for those that receive the PPP loan. It also provided some safe harbors that comes in reductions in the loan forgiveness based on reductions in full-time equivalency that if a business is unable to return to their same level, it does provide some flexibility within it that because of the 24 weeks on the loan forgiveness and the qualifying period, it allows for states that necessarily have not been opening up as fast as other states. It allows for flexibility on how those funds are certainly dispersed. It also provides protections for borrowers that are unable to rehire individuals who were employees before February 15, 2020, and they are unable to hire similarly qualified employees to fill those positions by December 31st, 2020. The other thing is if a borrower does have to actually pay back the loan, say like it is not completely forgiven or it's not forgiven at all, 
it was that the term of the loan was going to be two years, 1% interest, but the Flexibility Act changed that to five years on the maturity of the PPP loans that were approved by the SBA on or after a June 5th of 2020. It also extends the deferral period. We currently had a six-month deferral. Now it extends up to 10 months after the end of the borrower's loan forgiveness covered period. So again, it allows for greater flexibility when one gets a PPP loan and certainly they don't have to begin paying it back for many, many months, i.e. 10 months after the loan forgiveness period. The new rules did confirm that June 30th, 2020 does remain currently the last date on which a PPP loan application can be approved. So a couple couple details there initially that have come out. There's going to be more guidance in the coming days that come from Treasury and the SBA. As I stated, a more changed loan forgiveness application along with guidance with that. But long and short of it, you know, the SBA, you know, we are remaining flexible and nimble when it comes to this program. And we continue to certainly do everything we can to help small business owners and nonprofits, whether it be, you know, through the PPP program, through the IDLE program, and whether it's, you know, in responding to the pandemic, or if it is also certainly the civil unrest or any other issue that's out there. All of our district offices are, you know, as I said, working overtime and uh, putting in as the max effort in order to assist every single small business that is out there. Um, so with that, I will open it up for uh, some questions. We will start with those callers that are here from Michigan. Any questions from Michigan? Yeah, hi, this is Brad Catters from Court Magazine. The numbers you gave for the um, you know, the PPP numbers for Michigan, Ohio, and Indiana, are those just phase two or are those total? Those are those are total as of June sixth. So for both both phases of the program? Yes. So it'd be the, the first round of funding as well as the second round of funding. Okay, cool. Thank you. Hi Rob, this is Tyler Scott from Michigan Radio. How many people in Michigan have applied for PPP loan forgiveness so far? As of right now, it is my understanding now that could have changed this morning, but the lenders have yet to file what is called a 1302, which is the form that they have to file with all the borrowers' uh, applications for forgiveness. I do believe today is the very first day that a borrower can begin to, to file for forgiveness because, again, you had the eight-week period, we began taking applications on April 3rd, um, and then with the, the subsequent guidance. So I, today, I believe, is the first day that a lender can even uh, file for their borrower's forgiveness. So we, we have none as of right now as far as in the Great Lakes. Sure. And just a quick follow-up on that. Um, if, if I'm thinking of if you're a business who's already filed for forgiveness, and now the maturity of the loan has changed, the 2075 has changed to 6040, presumably this, these people have already spent that money. Are, are any of the changes in the Flexibility Act retroactive to people who might have already applied to, for forgiveness? That is to remain unclear yet. We're, well, as I said, Treasuries and the SBA is going to be issuing guidance on it. The one thing they are able to do uh, through their lender, they are able to request more money if they have not filed for forgiveness yet. So that is actually an option that, that they could do. We issued a rule a couple weeks ago 
Rob, Nick Mattis with Crane's Detroit Business here. Um, you mentioned that uh, there's approximately $135 billion still available, um, and they expect to see, you know, some, some more applications now. I know that's obviously slowed down in, in past weeks. I'm just wondering if you can speak at all to kind of how much uh, demand you still believe might be out there for, uh, for, for loans at this point. Yeah, I, I would say, you know, obviously there was no way for Congress, the president, you know, us to know how long the pandemic was going to last. The eight weeks was kind of like looking into a crystal ball. So there are some businesses out there that probably are in that same situation where they said, well, I mean, we'll just wait and see if we come out of this. Um, they kind of stayed on the sidelines and didn't apply for the PPP. Um, and we know um, we get calls every day in the district offices that there still are businesses out there that could certainly use these funds um, if their states are still closed. Um, you know, whatever whatever the issue may be, uh, why they can't open or whatnot. So there are still lenders, A, doing PPP loans that are out there. And secondly, with this new guidance and the coverage period that opened up to 24 weeks, it's going to allow more businesses to relook at the program and think, okay, I can actually spend the money that are sent to me 60% on payroll uh, and not be up against a deadline because prior it was going to be, hey, you need to basically expend all the funds within an eight-week period, and they were looking at June 30th as the drop-off date. Uh, so, you know, that's why lately, the past several weeks, we haven't seen a lot of activity when it came to PPP loans. With this change in law, I think you're going to see a huge uptick uh, in PPP loans. Thank you. Appreciate it. Moving on to Ohio, or as Rob says, the great state of Ohio. And it's because it's I'm a native Buckeye. Hi, this is um, Josh Medor from the Youngstown Business Journal. Um, Rob, you had mentioned, um, you know, talking during the civil unrest on um, the businesses that had been damaged. Are there any um, SDA-specific programs for that, or, or were you just talking in general, um, you know, that there's help available for that? So there, there's nothing like in the law that's or in the TTP program that allows for you know the civil unrest. A business could apply and say, hey, it's part of the pandemic, and, and certainly could apply for the PPP program for under those auspices if they haven't yet. What I was referring to is we do have in our disaster program programs that do cover this, but it requires action of the state. So the state of Ohio or whatever state would have to actually um, fill out an application, file it with my boss, the SBA administrator, saying, hey, we've been, a, you know, we've had a number of businesses affected uh, in our communities, uh, and we would like, you know, for our state to be available to apply for, um, which, you know, you all have heard me talk about the economic injury disaster loan. Um, it would be for that specific to the civil unrest. Additionally, um, something that wasn't available, you know, for the pandemic in our disaster program, the idle program was available, is actual physical injury loans. You know, obviously the pandemic didn't bring, you know, burn down structures or anything like that, so we didn't have that available to that. But in the civil unrest, obviously windows are broken, you know, whatever, ha whatever happened to a business, 
physical injury uh, is a program uh, within disaster that um, folks can get, you know, low-interest disaster loans to repair their businesses, rebuild them, whatever happened to them. Um, that is available. That will be available as long as the state of Ohio or whatever state would apply again with the SBA saying, hey, yes, we have serious damage. Uh, our businesses should be allowed to uh, apply for this. There is an application process that each state has to follow. Um, you know, it's similar to many months ago when they did it for the economic injury disaster loan as it related to the pandemic. They'll have to do it again for the civil unrest. It is my understanding, um, at least I know that um, Minnesota and uh, Illinois and my, my region, the Great Lakes region, have already begun that process. Uh, I do know that in Ohio specifically, the, the district offices have have reached out to the state, and I think they're assessing right now and are uh, going to begin that process of uh, probably applying for it. All right, thank you. Hey, this is Jeremy Noble from Crane, Cleveland. Um, I was wondering, are you guys tracking the number of minority-owned businesses that have received PPP loans? And can we get data on that, or do we have to request it, or did that something that come out in the future? So, on the loan forgiveness application, uh, there is an optional section uh, for that. For folks, when they apply for loan forgiveness, they can check, uh, you know, if they're a minority, you know, male, female, you know, all the different categories that one can uh, fill out as far as your demographic. Uh, <clears throat> it is my understanding that uh, we, on the front end, there was no obligation on the lenders uh, to collect that information. So what the SBA is trying to do and Treasury is get it on the back end when it comes to loan forgiveness. So uh, the only other way that you could literally analyze it would be, you know, looking at zip codes and stuff like that and, and doing your best guess. But uh, I think we're going to have a lot more detailed information on the back end when it comes to the actual forgiveness because we're requesting that information. So long uh, answer uh, to your question, uh, no, we don't, um, but we will. Okay, thank you. And one, one quick follow-up question. You you were um, talking a little bit about the, the state applying to uh, get some of this other money for um, civil unrest. Uh, I, I was kind of distracted when I heard part of that, I, I admit. It, what's the proper lingo for what the state has to apply for? Is it a, um, um, is, do they have to say that, like, apply to have them designated as having a state of civil unrest? Like, what Minnesota and, and uh, Illinois are already going through? Like, what exactly is it that they're applying for to get that money released? Yeah, it would be for disaster assistance, uh, so SBA disaster assistance. So uh, there's two different programs, and, and it's typical, like, when there's a tornado or a flood or, you know, a landslide, hurricane, you name it. Um, <clears throat> what the state actually has to do, and it's a county by county designation. So, you know, where you're at, um, you know, the state would have to say, okay, Cuyahoga County was was hit hard um, by the, the civil unrest. So um, we want to go for not only economic injury, but we also want to go through physical damage. And I know there was a lot of storefronts that got their windows busted and, you know, hey, the, the downtown area was closed for a week or whatever it was. 
So what the state would have to do is they would have to find five businesses uh, in Cuyahoga County that were affected economically. Um, and then for physical injury, the standard is a little higher. Um, it's actually 25 businesses that they would have to locate that had physical injury. And then they would apply and say, okay, Cuyahoga County has, has these effects, so it would be, Cuyahoga County would be open for the economic injury disaster loan and also a physical injury disaster loan. So economic injury would be where a business, they, did, they, couldn't, they couldn't be open for whatever time period because of the civil unrest. So they, they didn't make money, they lost money, you know, on and on and on. The physical injury would be actual physical injury to their facility, whether you know it's glass or stuff was stolen or whatever it, whatever it may be, um, that that would be for the physical injury portion of it. Um, and as I said, it's very similar to if a tornado came through or a hurricane or flood or, or all the other different disasters that that you know our country deals with. Um, if Cuyahoga County would be designated, um, the way the rule works, the way the law works, is that all counties touching Cuyahoga County would also automatically uh, be in that. So it is a county-specific type designation that the state has to go through, um, unless there's some declaration made by the you know by the president or by my boss, the SDA administrator, uh, which that has yet to happen. So it's very similar to what we went through several months ago when we were trying to get the states and the region, you know, and obviously Ohio designated for the economic injury disaster due to the pandemic. Um, we had to find businesses that were affected and, you know, list them, apply to my boss, the SBA administrator, for the designation so that we could begin taking loan applications from the business owners that were affected. It's, it's, it's a complicated, it's a slightly complicated once you've done it a couple times to get it. I know the state totally gets it. They're, you know, they've, they've gone through floods, tornadoes in Ohio. Um, so, I mean, they, they know what to do. And obviously not all counties uh, in the state of Ohio were affected by the civil unrest. So, I mean, it, it is a little different than the pandemic. Um, so they're, they're going to have to look at and assess, uh, you know, those business centers that were certainly affected by it. Thanks for the other co- extra color. Okay, anyone else from Ohio? All right, hearing them, we will move on to Indiana. Uh, yeah, Brian Francisco with the Fort Wayne Journal Gazette. Hey, Brian. And you told me, you, you uh, made uh, uh, mention earlier that um, a borrower can uh, request more money if they have not filed for forgiveness yet. What about those businesses that have returned loans because they could not meet the eight-week use requirement or the 75% payroll requirement? Can they reapply? Uh, it, so, just my understanding, if somebody gets a PPP loan, they can only get it once. Now, they can increase that loan amount and they can apply for that increase. If you give the money back, um, you know, obviously they don't spend a dime because for whatever reason you, you felt like you didn't qualify or you couldn't spend the money or whatever it is, I would imagine you could go back on that same loan and say, okay, now I can use it and actually request that through the lender. Then they would make a request for the SBA and those funds would be released and, and provided for that borrower. And a follow-up question. I, I think that Indiana's uh, numbers have declined from almost $9.7 billion in loans on May 8th 
to about a little less than $9.4 billion. Uh, can you tell me if uh, how much of this is a reflection that loans were paid back or that loans were returned because they were not used? Um, I would probably say a mixture of both. Um, and then, you know, obviously, you know, we, we stood the program up in six days. I mean, it's been a rapidly evolving program, you know, issuing guidance, hence why you guys are probably tired of hearing my voice because I've had so many of these. It's been a while since I've had one, but, um, you know, with the guidance. So, I mean, there were lenders out there that, that were new, P, new lenders with the SBA and the PPP program. Um, so they were in a higher percent control and when they were advising the business owners that, that got the loan, I, I think it's a mixture of all of it. Um, and that people were scared that they were going to have to pay back this loan over a two year term. Um, you know, I had, I, you know, I actually had an event last week in Cincinnati where I spoke to a business owner that got a PPP loan and he owned a restaurant and uh, he was terrified of that two-year term. He was like, listen, if I have to pay pay it back so like it's not forgiven, like, it's going to put me out of business. Like, I'm not going to afford payment every month. So I think there was some hesitancy because of that factor, too. Um, and with the extension of you know the five-year term plus the extended deferral from six months to ten months at the end of the loan forgiveness period, um, that's huge, you know, let alone the fact that we went from an eight-week to a 24-week period to the, basically the end, the end of the calendar year um, of 2020. So I think that's going to provide a lot more clarity and for our business owners and lenders that are out there. And Indiana certainly will, will benefit from that. Um, I, I, Indiana is not unique from any other state that's out there. Um, they do have a... I, been to Indiana multiple times. I know Stacy, who is a district director in Indiana, is on the call right now. Um, you know, Indiana has a great lending community that I know busted their home, you know, for all the business owners in Indiana. Um, I just think it was mainly, you know, some issues on clarity on the rules. And then basically we were coming near the end and people were like, okay, I can't do it. And they were giving the money back. Um, Stacy, did you want to add anything to that? Thanks, Rob. Uh, no, I think you covered it. I mean, obviously, as you said earlier, the, we haven't started the forgiveness piece of it yet, so I think it's probably a mixture of both. We don't have any stats on that, but I think it's a, a mixture of, of both. Thank you. Hey, Rob, real quick, this is uh, Tyler, and I'm from Michigan, so I'm cheating right now, but I thought you said that the maturity change was for loans effective after June 5th. Did the maturity change for people who've already received PP loans, PPP loans too, as in everybody? No. The no, no. Okay. No, it, okay. it, it did not add up now that that has not changed. But, but that could change, like, you know, we could issue, you know, Treasury and the SBA could say, okay, this applies for, you know, loans retroactively. They could do that. Um, but as of right now, no, it's only new loans going forward. So, uh, just so we're clear on that. Yeah, yeah great. Thanks for clearing that. Okay, any additional questions from Indiana? Yes. Um, this is Adam Tinsker from Indiana Public Media. Can you all hear me? Sure can. Just, just so I'm, I'm clear here, <laughs> if you already have a PPE, PPE loan, um, a PPP loan, excuse me, you need to apply for this extension or it automatically kicks in. I guess, I know you alluded to that. I'm just trying to make sure that for our story, I'm 100% clear here. Um, it's my understanding that in order for loan forgiveness to happen,
than um, the ones that are applying for forgiveness. It, it does apply to them, so they will not, um, they're not under that same deadline. Um, they still have the eight-week period. They still have the two-year term, but it does relax, you know, how fast they have to get the, the loan forgiveness application in. So it does relax right. some of those terms. And you said June 30th is the, the final day you can apply for, for this loan period, right? For, if you have no that is correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just cover it. Thank you. All right. Uh, Andrea, we want to open it up to everyone to see if there's any follow-ups or anything like that. Definitely. I was just about to say that. So uh, any other remaining questions for the call? All right. Well, uh, everyone, thank you again for, for being on the call. If you need any uh, follow-up information, um, we may may not have it, but we'll try to get it for you. Um, feel free to reach out to your district office. We have public affairs people in each each office. Certainly reach out to myself or Andrea or, or anyone, and uh, we'll, we'll make sure to uh, get you uh, the best information we have and, and do anything we can for you. So um, I do appreciate everyone being on the call, and uh, have a lovely week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. That's the SBA Small Business Administration's update from the Great Lakes Regional Administrator, Rob Scott, on the Paycheck Protection Program Flexibility Act. We'll be back with more on the Michigan Business Beat, a Michigan business network.